1: Welcome to this very special edition of UAP Weekly. I am Stephen Diener, back with you here on the Unidentified Alien Podcast, and I'm really excited uh, for you guys to hear what is to come up here because Anthony Williams, goes by the name of Anthony Williams, I should say, um, joins me here for what turned into a two-part episode. So just to give a little bit of a background here... Um, you know, I mentioned before, I, I speak to people, you know, who are involved with, you know, intelligence in the military and things like that. And Anthony Williams is involved in that area. You'll hear us talk about that a lot during the interview. He's um, a great guy, uh, willing to, you know, tell us everything that he can, Out, you know, of course, outside of any classified information. But he is a wealth of information and just incredible what he's able to uh, give the perspective On what goes on behind the scenes when it comes to, you know, how the military is investigating reports of UAPs and videos and reports, you know, from the battlefield and things like that. So you'll hear his perspective from his angle of a special operations analyst, which is what he does. Um, it's, it's incredible. Some of the stuff I think you're going to hear today in this two part episode. So part one today, I'm going to split it up because we ended up talking for an hour and a half just because there was so much to cover the jellyfish video out of, uh, you know, Iraq, uh, there's, there's the Miami situation that I've you know, been speaking about since last week. There's a lot there, you know, just overall course. How does this look for disclosure, you know, from the, Military end. What is happening with the Department of Defense and things like that? What's being said? There was a lot to cover, and of course, new whistleblowers who are supposed to come out. Uh, we we get into that a little bit, and so much more. So here is part one of our conversation, uh, myself and Anthony Williams, special operations analyst within the Special Operations Command of the military. Um, another thing we talk about is where is the cover up coming from within you know the ranks of the branches of the military or the Department of Defense. So, a lot to get to, a lot to unpack. Without further ado, here is part one. Enjoy. Hey, Anthony, great to have you back on the show. We got a lot to cover. How are you?
0: I'm doing great, Stephen. Thanks for having me on again. It's uh, it's a privilege to be here and talking to the audience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming back on. It, it means a lot. Um, you know, especially for someone in your position, you're you're privy to a lot of information. So I appreciate you coming on to share what you can with, uh, you know, with, with myself and everyone. Um, yeah, let's, ab- absolutely. Let's start, yes, because like I said, there's so much I have, I literally have like a long list in, in, in front of me. Um, but I want to start with just the current landscape. You know, it's, it's different from where I sit, right? Like the best I can do is try to talk to guys like you, you know, outside of here, have personal conversations and, you know, get the feel about what's going on or I follow different things on social media, try to put the pieces together But you're entrenched in it. So what are you seeing on your end as a special operations analyst within the military when you go in and you actually investigate these claims or videos as your job? You know, what are you seeing and hearing on your end that maybe we're not seeing here in the general public?
0: Right. No, that's that's a great question. So, you know, first of all, a lot of a lot of what gets reported you know, on on Twitter or X or any of these social media sites, there is a lot of reality and a lot of truth that gets out there. The problem is, is that there's a minutia of, of comments, debunkers from extremely unqualified people. There's also, <clears throat> if you listen to any of these congressional, uh, you know, hearings or, you know, any of these reports that have come out from, Uh, the UAP task force or Aero, or NASA, there is a classified aspect to this that they're just not going to release to the public. Now, sometimes, um, sometimes that has to do with uh, the, the methods and the sources and the type of equipment that was used to gain this information. Mm. Um, And other times it it just has to do with, uh, we're going to, we're going to be a little bit more analytical about it. And, and that alone could raise a level of you know suspicion or whatever else that that doesn't need to be there. Just the high end analytical work. Um, it's the difference of knowing how to drive a car and then knowing how the timing belt works. Hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of things that you see on the internet or if you see a, a video, uh, right away you'll have you know comments come in from from all over the place that say, Oh, that's a, that's a balloon. Uh, and, and it's coming from someone that is by no means an expert on that platform that captured that video. They have probably never even used it. They may not even know what that platform is. They're looking with their unqualified eye and writing something off on what we see, uh, looking at the same video, the, the collaborative network that we have, uh, that I'm I'm honored to to be a part of uh, looks at these. We'll have uh, very qualified sensor operators, people that are experts on these different platforms, people that their entire job in the military has been looking at these things and being able to identify what they're seeing, where it might look like a smudge behind a tree to you and me. They Mm. can tell that that's a certain weapon system that has been in place with a range of X, Y, and Z. So a, a a lot of what I see and have the privilege to look at is the analytical aspect. So when you look at a video and I look at the same video, and there are things being put out online that say, yes, this is valid. Our community goes deeper on the analytics, but gets to the same conclusion. It's valid. The, the problem is you have an uninformed populace that wants to believe or not believe that can be easily dissu- dissuaded or persuaded by the unqualified loud noise. So Mm. when it comes to squeaky wheel, getting the oil sometimes on Twitter and YouTube and these other spaces, the, the unqualified naysayer is quite loud, um, and gets more of a vote than they should. Um, so, you know, we're blowing into when I see, when I see a video or a topic being discussed on a social media site, and then the same thing is we are discussing on our, uh, you know, our collaborative sites, I, I i always listen learn and study what we are analyzing but i go back and it's it's very reassuring there there have been a lot of things that you've even said on this show and i shared a couple of them with you where you are spot on your hmm. analytical mind and what you're looking at you're asking the exact questions you should be unfortunately your voice can get drowned out by a hundred or a thousand unqualified voices that that are just louder and and yell, yell more.
1: Yeah. And I guess that's, it's really interesting, you know, to kind of see the behind the scenes working, you know what I mean? Of what we're seeing versus what you guys are seeing in these, you know, in your communities, your intelligence communities and things like that where you guys are studying these things. Is there something that jumps out to you when you talk about, you know, what you guys are studying versus what's out there and, you know, you have debunkers who are saying X, Y, and Z isn't real when they have no idea what they're talking about. Is there something that jumps out to you and you know, with a scenario or a video, whatever it might be, where you see people talking about it and you say to yourself, they have no idea what they're saying here because yes, there is something to this.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for instance, and I I know we're going to talk, you know, some of the big ones, right? Like the Mosul orb, uh, Mm that's a good example of one. There are a lot of videos on there that we analyze that have not been seen by the public. Uh, But some of the big ones that have been seen by the public, you know, uh, the Mosul orb video, the video of um, the department of Homeland security video from 2013 uh, over uh, Puerto Rico, the, um, the jellyfish video, for instance, um, you know, there are, there are discussions ongoing about that. And, and um, you know, at, at, by qualified individuals, and and what I mean by qualify is every everybody in this group has a top secret clearance or higher. Now, what that means, and 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 this gets really, I think, diluted when it goes out to the public. Um, a security clearance, when it's granted to someone, a secret clearance or a top secret clearance or top secret sc. Uh, SCI clearance uh, that there's no like magical okay you've got the clearance here's all the secrets at that level mm. there's there's still and a lot of people talk about there's still the need to know Um, so that doesn't come with rank necessarily it comes with duty positions so just because someone is a bird, colonel or a general officer or, you know, any of these high ranks, if they, and they have the right clearance, if they don't have a need to know, they could be blissfully unaware of these projects. Hmm. What this community has going for it is it's all across the whole of government, people with the right level of clearance and the right background to look at the same things you're looking at, but just add an extra level of scrutiny before we get to the yeah, that's that's unidentified. That is anomalous. We have no idea what that is. So, um you're talking about a network of over, you know, 1500 people crashing on and collaborating on these things. Some some of the big ones to answer your question that stand out are a lot of the big ones that have been covered by a lot of documentaries. Um, you know, if we if we go all the way back to the David Fravor video, the Tic Tac video, which of course he didn't record, but he saw that, that, that video. There's not a lot of debunking that can go on about that video because you have an expert, you know, the commander of that air wing stating what he saw with video evidence, sensor evidence. Of course, there are other sensors that were on that aircraft that that hasn't been seen, but that's an example of, of one where people try to write off different parts of that story and, and there are a lot like that, like the Mosul orb, like, uh, you know, the 2013 incident, um, like the jellyfish. And there are more than that. But those are all good examples of things that different debunkers have tried to write off. Um, uh, the jellyfish one, I think, is the, the most hilarious to me. Um, some of the, the debunking comments. Uh,
1: really? How so? <laughs> I, know, I know we're going to get into Smug, the jellyfish. Here smudge here. on but, a camera. Yeah.
0: You know smudge on a camera or you know bird droppings on a camera um without any sort of you know acknowledgement that this is a thing moving across that the camera has to pan and stay on uh you know it's just ridiculous to think it's a smudge on a camera you know but that that's how it was attempted to be debunked and those people anyone can have a voice on that platform so those people that scream loud. Uh, You know, uh, when, when someone says something authoritative, you know, by default, for someone that doesn't know anything, it sounds believable. Yeah. If you ask me where the closest Walmart is, and I have no idea, but I'd tell you, oh, hey. It's three blocks down on the left. You'll be just fine. And I tell you that authoritatively, it doesn't mean I have any idea what I'm talking about. But there's a certain amount of confidence in my confidence. And that that's the unofficial reality about the unclassified domain that these social media networks are on, is you can have a very loud, unqualified voice, you know, sound really believable, and it can drown out honest, good analytics, whether it's from someone within the intelligence community or not, just someone that's a a civilian been studying this, you know, you're a good example of that, following this for a long time. A lot of other podcasters have been following this for a long time, authors, you know, filmmakers, they've been studying this for a long time. They have good analytical brains. They come to the right conclusions, but they're, you know, it's a lot easier to be drowned out by a thousand unintelligent voices where we're not burdened by that on our side of the fence.
1: Well, and i think just to kind of you know touch on the jellyfish a little bit too um one thing that struck me at first you know people's like you said the excuses right the attempts at debunk you know bird droppings or smudge or this or that one of the big things that people still mention and i won't mention any names but i think we both know some of the big debunkers and the things that they're saying they mention balloons and they say well this is just a collection of balloons flying across and i thought to myself at very at the very first moment when this video came out and they put the side by side of balloons and this video and I thought, oh, "Okay, that actually does look similar. Maybe this could be a thing." And then I I thought better and I said to myself, "But this video was known to the military since 2017-2018. We're just finding out about it now in early 2024. I'm pretty sure they would have figured out this was balloons within the past 6 years. Am I am I wrong about that or
0: No, you're, you're exactly right. And, you know, not to make light of people's comments, but I mean, if you find the right clown, he can make a giraffe out of a balloon, right? (laughs) So, you know, you can shape anything to look like anything. What I'll tell you is that was clearly known by the analysts whose job it is to look at these video and identify threat that it's not balloons. Um, And, you know, one of the one of the guys that came forward that saw in the military, the Marine that, you know, not gonna say his name, but a lot of people have heard him speak. You know, he talked about seeing the video on a subsequent rotation. He wasn't the one that filmed it. He's talking about our classified drives where we have all sorts of videos. During the height of the war on terror, there is, um, you know, there's a, a, a site you can go to where I can look at any UAS feed, any UAV feed all around the world. When we had major operations going on, I would get, I would get emails from people. I'd be like, Hey, go to this platform, watch this video around this time. We're doing an op. It's going to be pretty cool. And we, you know, jokingly, the first big one like that was the predator. So we, we, we call it pred TV, you know, <laughs> and people can get caught up in just like YouTube. We can use, we can lose hours of our life staring at <laughs> pred TV and there's different feeds over, you know, different areas in different countries. Um, so that guy first saw that video, some of the ones that are really cool, we save in screen capture. Mm. So, you know, this, this was one of those videos that all the people that, that were in the know that were the who's who in the zoo, they knew it was anomalous and it was saved in the cool, the cool folder. And, mm. um, and there's all sort all sorts of ones from funny videos where you get, you know, you know, an ISR feed of some, you know, local uh, security guards acting ridiculous all the way up to anomalous things like that, uh, like that video. But yeah, that was immediately known at the time that this is not normal. This is anomalous. We have no explanation for this. And, um, you know, anyone that subsequently saw it, including this Marine said the same thing, you know, wow, I I wonder what that is. It's definitely not balloons.
1: Well, I'm glad you say that because that is one of the biggest, um, you know, theories out there as far as debunking goes. And I think you're talking about Michael Sinkoski. Um, That's correct. And the reason why I bring up his name is not to call anybody out. But and I haven't even I this is the first time I'm saying this publicly. I'm going to talk to him. Um, He's going to be on the show next week. So that should be uh, pretty interesting. I, I reached out to him. And uh, he agreed to come on, and, and I know he was just on with Jeremy Corbell a few days ago. Him and Jeremy Corbell have been working together on this, and yep, so I'm, yep. I'm looking forward to uh, to speaking to him and kind of get you know getting his side of the story and bring that here to UAP. So uh, that's the first time I've told anybody. So now, yeah, <laughs> that's, you know, and, and no, that's great. You know that. that
0: that's great, and you know just to validate him a little bit. You know his story you know, is easily, again, easily written off by the uninformed, right? Oh, well, he's not the guy that recorded it. Oh, they contract other experts to interpret some of these videos. Hold on, time out. He admitted that he saw this in the cool folder, right? He he said he is not the guy that recorded it. However, it is his job to watch these live feeds and identify threat. Um, so he's absolutely qualified to look at that and say, yeah, that's, that's not normal. Hmm. And, um, you know, and he'll, you know, it, <laughs> if he hears this beforehand, he'll probably get a kick out of the Pred TV, you know, comment and the the right. cool video folder, because, you know, when I heard his story, I was like, I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. Hmm. It's right on, on the shared drive. I know exactly what he's talking about. Um, and yeah, so I'm excited that you'll have him on, Um, you know, I'll, I'll let him deep dive that video a little bit more. It is one that we have deep dived and I will just say that, you know, he's very qualified to be talking about it.
1: No, that's good. I look forward to talking to him. So I'm glad you're able to vouch for him too. Um, but I do want to ask you too, since, since you're here, what is your opinion on the jellyfish video and what? Not only that, but what's being talked about, what's being said, as much as you can say, obviously, I don't want to put you or anyone else in a bad position. But what's being said within your special operations community about this video as far as, you know, analysis on it? What is what does everybody think this this thing is? And does it compare to anything else you guys have studied?
0: Yeah, no, that that's a great question. So when you look at the reporting instructions within the Department of Defense. Uh, For for pilots, for ground personnel, for anyone that sees something anomalous like that, when you look at the the criteria and the procedure for reporting these things up, uh, there's a briefing that goes along with it, you know, and and there's. You know they go over common types of UAP that are spotted and and a lot of people are familiar with the spheres or the cigar shapes or tic tacs or the pyramid shapes. Um and you know even what's becoming very very common are even the the squared boxes within translucent orbs around them. Yeah, uh, but then there's another there's yeah there's <laughs> another category of other and in other There are very weird shapes. This jellyfish falls into that. There are videos and images of what looks like a skeleton key. If you think back to an old 200-year-old lock, a skeleton key Hmm. moving through the sky, there's a W which shows up in a a thermal white light. And around it, it's surrounded by an orb that has a cold image to it. So... To, to, to me, when I see that, that is another one of those uh, unexplainable, unidentifiable, uncategorizable phenomenon that would fall into that odd shape UAP. It would for surely get a report. It would for surely go up in an intelligence report and it would fall into that category.
1: So truly no one really knows what this thing is this this jellyfish or the skeleton key or the w that you talk about.
0: No what 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 you'll get out of what you'll get out of our community is they will go through hard to try and find anything it could be and you have mm-hmm. the right people that could tell you oh no that's not a that's not a stick that's actually a mortar tube. The- these are the people that are looking at these things saying yeah we can't tell what that is that is truly UAP. That falls into this category of unknown aerial phenomenon.
1: Crazy. I mean, just to think about, you know, what this thing could be. Why is it that shape? Why is it moving like it is, you know, just kind of gliding across? Is it transmedium, right? Did you see it? Have you seen reports on the transmedium thing that Jeremy Corbella talked about coming in and out of the water? Because Michael Sinkowski himself refuted that.
0: Yeah. So, so this isn't, so this shape, th- this particular UAP, the reason why the odd shapes are uncomfortable is because we as humans look at our aircraft that we've designed and, you know, it's only recent that they don't require pilots up until now they've always had occupants and David Grush went on the record to say, Hey, with these crash retrievals, there have been biologics. That was reconfirmed during a classified skiff briefing Um so we can look at an orb or a cigar or a pyramid and we can put our global, our world perspective onto that object and say, yeah, I could, I could see how someone could be in there. I could see how in that flying disc or this particular shape, someone could be in there. An odd shape that doesn't fit that is very uncomfortable because you look at the jellyfish, you look at these other shapes and you think, where is a thing? Where, Where mm. is a where's a pilot where where does someone where's a door like how how does anyone what is this thing so it it makes it very uncomfortable because we can put our own understanding of physics onto a video we're more comfortable with it when it's something really obscure that we can't put anything to that becomes very uncomfortable and the jellyfish is one of those videos that leaves you very uncomfortable i think george knapp even um stated that it was one of the creepiest eerie videos he's ever seen um because it now now it it gets you to ask other questions is this a biologic in itself is it right is it something you know is this a thing itself that's not piloted but it is a thing um when it comes to trans medium, you know, there's so many assumptions on how these things move, how they de- how they defy several times the speed of sound, 90 degree instantaneous turns, instantaneous acceleration, and then moving in and out of the water. You have seen videos of objects freely moving in and out of the water, unencumbered. Making no signature or splash, accelerating to speeds underwater that they shouldn't be able to do, for this jellyfish object to go into the water, then come out of the water, and as some witnesses have claimed, fire off at a, va- uh, a, a rapid rate of acceleration at a 45 degree angle, that fits other UAP events, just not of this shape. Mm. So it, it doesn't it doesn't shock me that you know. That we're having that discussion about this the the transmedium uh effect of the phenomenon is just more validating the fact that it is not human
1: hmm. well wow. and there was something else that you said that kind of caught my attention you mentioned the w-shaped uh craft you know kind of in the folder that you guys look at of you know strange objects the you know oddly shaped craft or whatever these things might be yep. Um, And you mentioned how the W almost had like a, you know, white heat signature to it and then a cooling orb around it. We saw that with the jellyfish. We saw that yep. where it goes in and out of, you know, white to black, black to white in that thermal view. Are we looking at some type some type of correlation there? Have Has that been brought up before in your community? Any type of correlation with stuff like that?
0: It, you know, it, it is discussed. I, I will say that, you know, I feel... This is my opinion, not as uh, an imagery analyst, but someone that looks at this stuff a lot and listens to the smart people. Um, you know, there's one or two things going on in that video. Um, if you look at other videos that have been released that are thermal video, you'll see that if something is in black heat, for instance, so anything hot will show black, and it's locked onto by the sensor if that object that is hot goes in front of something else that is hot, the camera will show it to be white so as to not lose what the object is doing. Does Mm. that make sense? Yes. So it's not that the object is changing its thermal temperature. It's that the sensor is doing it and it does it automatically. So, Mm. you know, with, with reference to the W or the skeleton key, we don't see thermal changes, and I don't know that we see it with the jellyfish either. I'll leave that up to other experts, but my opinion, it's changing shape as the, or changing color definition as it is moving over terrain that has different color definition. If you, if you look through thermals and black heat, right after sunset, the ground will be white, trees will be black. You know, because they they are retaining that heat longer than rocks on the ground, um, you know, or, or different things on the ground. So, um, you know, if I'm locked on to a live object that is showing black heat and it moves across a wood line where it would be drowned out, the sensor will automatically change it to a white heat so that I don't lose it. And And those are very advanced thermo. Sites that do that, uh, your regular handheld thermal that can be bought over the counter, or even early ones we use in the military, did not automatically make that switch for the for the user. Um, you would just need to keep locked on to where that object is, and and hope it moves out in front of something cooler so you can see it again.
1: That's interesting. So, and I haven't heard that analysis before. So basically, it could be the fact that it's not actually the object changing its thermal signature, but the sensor that's following it itself would change it just so that your eye could easily follow it. So, but that thermal signature, would not even be changing. Right. Yep. Huh? Well, I mean, that could definitely be the case. That makes sense. I mean, if that's how those cameras work, maybe that's the case when it comes to the jellyfish or even the W you spoke about. Um, I want to jump into something else here, Anthony, and that is it, 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 it might be a little bit uncomfortable for your position. So again, by all means, I always preface with this. If there's anything you can't say, just kind of stop me in my tracks. Um, But there was word that kind of floated out there about a whistleblower that was ready to come out sometime this year, supposedly. And it's actually something that I had mentioned on social media, um, got, you know, attention from a lot of people and they're asking specifics. And I'm like, well, you know, I've already said what I can say. Supposedly, There's supposed to be a new whistleblower, David Grush-type-like whistleblower that's going to come out in 24. That is someone that actually gave firsthand knowledge to David Grush. And do you have more information on that? Because without trying to get too much into it myself, I I guess I'll kind of let you take over because there might be some stuff that you can talk about with that whistleblower.
0: Yeah, you know, and I'll say regardless of whether they're 30, 40, 50 or 60 years old the impatient teenagers that are going to hear this and demand you know full information right now um, i would just ask that everyone understand that there are real uh, real issues with a whistleblower coming forward and ensuring that they don't incriminate themselves and jeopardize their own and their family's livelihood for the rest of their life hmm. and run the risk of jail time. So I would just ask that everyone gives some patience for the lack of information. I, I will say that within the collaborative community, within you know our whole of government, there are many people with the right level of clearance that have had their own experiences. Uh, this individual is for surely one of them. Um, he has an amazing this story. Real, right?
1: It's not something that's being made up. Oh, like, yeah. this guy no, real.
0: He's, he's real. He's absolutely real. Um, and I, I'll, I'll say it like this. You know, there are, there are people that have what I would call low end experiences versus a high end experience. And you and I have talked about this, you know, offline, but what I consider a low end experience is, you know, you and I outside having a bonfire, we look up. We see an object that we have no idea what it is. It starts moving erratically. We pull out our phone and record it. And everyone looks at it and says, what the heck is that? That's a low end experience in my mind. That is real. That is, that is you know, uh, unknown. It is, you know, acting sporadically. It does not fit anything we know. So that, that is an experience with UAP. It's a low-end experience, visual only. Okay? And that happened to you. Then you have, <laughs> right
1: yeah, it's then. the same
0: thing that happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> then, then you have what I call a high-end experience. And there are thousands of reports of this, of someone having initially a low-end experience with something in the sky, something either near them or far away. And then they flash a light at it and this thing begins to interact. It mm-hmm. flashes back or they hit it with a laser pen, and it stops in its track and moves closer to them. Or in the case of David Fravor, they start to maneuver towards it, it stops what it's doing, turns towards him and maneuvers back at him. That Hmm. is an interactive experience, which I call a high-end experience. Now you have an unknown object that is now interacting with you specifically. If that doesn't make your skin crawl, you know, if you're the guy, I've never had that, but if you're the guy that has that and you flash a light at something and it flashes back, you go, whoa, what, (laughs) wait a minute. Is that real? You know, and, and the, the stories that you hear of that, those incidents can go on for minutes to half an hour to an hour, um, depending on the incident. Um, Then you have extreme high-end experiences. um, And these, You know, not to get into the the world of wazoo, but these are your people that have, you know, UFO abductions or interactions with a biologic or a high end incident directly to them with an unknown. Okay, Hmm. Um, I will say that this guy's story is at the extreme level experience. Wow. And so I, you know, just like you, I'm excited uh, to the day when, you know, when that comes out public, Um, you know, I have heard it, I've heard it in the community, I have seen it discussed, um, and other members of the community, uh, we began cataloging credible, these are all credible human sensors, right? If you look at the different types of intelligence, human intelligence is one of them, even when it comes you know, from a a report from a third party, you know, we'll reconfirm that human report, but human reports themselves are, you know, a form of of intelligence. And so, um, you know, a lot of these reports started to come in from these qualified sensors, some with photographic evidence, some with video evidence, geolocation data, all these. His is one of those, it is fantastic. Um, and I'm I'm very excited for that to for that to come out and come forward.
1: So he's planning on telling that story of this extreme encounter, I guess we could say, along with what his own experiences in a program, like I guess reverse engineering program, something that he was working in. I, if he was able to give David Grush information, firsthand knowledge, then I I'm just assuming here that's that's because he was working within those programs. So those are things he's also. W- willing to talk about when the time is right?
0: I hope so. Uh, that is true. Uh, whether you, whether when he gets to the, to the point where he can, whether that, whether he can go that deep, um, you know, and, and you and I were talking about disclosure, you know, period. If, if you look at whistleblowers, you know, going back 50, 60, 70 years, you know, we've, we've had whistleblowers throughout history. The, the problem is they come out one at a time uh there's no one else to corroborate their whistleblowing so you know it's in our nature if there's no one else to corroborate that story we want to you know we want to write it off the the people it's not okay to blindly believe everything you hear and it's not okay to blindly write everything off you hear you know there is a middle ground and you know we've had a lot a lot of whistleblowers over the years what we've not had is 10 people working in an office all come out together and say hey we all have this knowledge yeah. and you know up until now we're not going to get that what i think david grush's uh situation has done because of guys like dave fravor ryan graves these other people that have come forward they're not whistleblowers they're people that experienced and had an interaction and they're a qualified sensor that we believe because of their background Mm -hmm. because of that because of this this slow disclosure, someone like Dave Grush coming forward is really, I, I will say, very encouraging to other people within the community that want to come forward and want to come out. Um, the the risk to that is, you know, when you have this clearance, when you're in the Department of Defense, um, for sure within the military, when you raise your right hand, you give up a lot of your civil rights that, you know, that you uh enjoy as a civilian that the rest of america enjoys compared to the rest of the world um you know you can look at your boss and say hey i hate you i think you're an idiot and your boss can look at you and say i'm sorry you feel that you know what did i do to make you feel that way if that happens from someone in the military they can be prosecuted under the uniform code of military justice for disrespecting a commissioned officer or a senior nco that's punishable so there's a lot of livelihood and a lot of punitive punishment that can come if if these whistleblowers don't do it the right way. Um, and so, you know, I, I applaud David Grush because the way he did it, he has never gotten anyone credible to refute what he said. The only thing that they can do is try and attack his character, which also has fallen on deaf ears.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, everything they've tried is kind of gone by the wayside and it's... <laughs> It, you know, it's so interesting to hear that there's more guys out there like David Grush, or even guys higher, so to speak, than David Grush, who have actually worked, you know, firsthand knowledge on these programs, like the guy we're talking about, who, you know, I guess will come out at some point maybe this year and talk about these things. Is, is there, do you feel like there's going to be a concerted effort where you, you know, right? Like you said, we have this slow drip right now, right? David Grush, or the guy that we're talking about do you think there's going to be a concerted effort where there is that group? Like, do you feel like that talk is starting to become more reality where, you know, five, six, 10 guys get together and say, Hey, if we all come out at once, you know, it's going to be hard for someone to punish us or or refute us. Are people really thinking yeah,
0: I, of that? I think the, I think the potential for that is greater than it's ever been. And wow. just, just speaking from my vantage point, I, I don't know that that's going to happen, but I think, I think the conditions are set for it better than it's ever been. I feel like in the last two weeks, and and I kind of laughed as I was thinking back on it because listening to what you had said at the end of 2023 that you felt like 2024 was going to be, you know, just a lot going on in the community. I feel like right now things are happening at an exponential pace that we have never seen. If you look prior to Grush, videos were everything. A video would come out. And, and people would demand answers based on the video. Since Grush's testimony, the congressional representatives from both sides of the aisle that had a classified skiff brief came out and said three things that I think everyone needs to catch and focus on because they caught my attention loud and clear being a guy that sits in skiff briefs all the time. Um, they came out and said, we believe everything Grush said. Okay, that means they saw evidence that backed up what, what Grush said. So, if anybody has recordings of what Grush just said, get a notebook and pen out, look at all the claims he has made, and you can go ahead and check off disclosure on those things. The second thing they said is uh, because he was right about those things, we have a lot more questions. For example, Grush said in a skiff that he would be able to tell locations of where these things are being held, where these things are, specific names of people who know, uh, specific companies, private corporations that are involved. If they got that level of disclosure in the skiff, that's going to lead their further investigation. And we heard that come out. Hmm. The third thing we heard is the same thing that has been plaguing us since Roswell. There is still a concerted effort to disinform misinform and keep under lock and key this information and they're still running into that um but i think where videos used to be the tip of the spear to demand answers we've gotten those answers they're validated that is a real thing that we have no idea and we believe they are not from anything created on this earth by human nations that we know of that is disclosed at that level, confirmed by government officials with the highest security clearances. So we can write that off. Where where do we go now? All the other questions that people have. So now the videos that are coming in, the videos we're seeing, the video were, you know, they are now creating the mass of force. They're not the tip of the spear anymore. Now they're the mass behind it, crashing it forward. Now the questions are, what's up with the biologics? Where are these things from? What is their intent? What else do we know? These are the natural questions that as things are validated, they're going to follow on questions. It's the same process your inquisitive mind goes to when you're 15 years old and your friend comes to school with a new Walkman. Hmm. Hey, that's awesome. I didn't even know that exists. What does it do? Where did you get it from? Where could I find out more about it? As we get things disclosed to us, it leads to more requests for information. And and unfortunately with this, you know, some of the fear is, you know, is is government going to be, you know, going to be held accountable for the hiding, for this, that, and the other? Absolutely not. (laughs) Because (laughs) this has been going on for 80 plus years, maybe longer. Every administration, both sides of the aisle, for However, whatever the reasoning was for it started, it has been carried on. And when it comes out, the fact that it's out is just going to be the fact. Hey, here's where we're at now. Whether we should have come clean earlier or not, we didn't. We have our reasons. That's not for you to know. And now the questions are just going to come out from here on. Uh, and and that that I think that's where we're at. And we're looking for disclosure at that level now. There are some people... That just aren't going to believe it until the president of the United States, whoever that is, comes out and confirms what Congress just confirmed for all of us. And even at that point, there are still going to be some of the people that are going to be like, I'm not going to believe it until you show me all the things, you know. Um, But, you know, I would just say for anyone that studied this and looked at it with an objective eye, we are at the point where we have disclosure about quite a bit. And, you know, um, not to promote anybody else's work or anybody else's things. There are documentaries that have come out in the last week or two that, along with SCIF debriefs, uh, interviews from the people that were in these debriefs, you know, congressional representatives, we are getting information and disclosure at a rate. It is my there's so much you and I could talk about right now and go down rabbit holes. It, It is insane. And what we're seeing on our side in our community there there are over 353 active discussions going on. There's so much going on. You know, you could wow. spend you know, forget that everyone in this collaborative group has a day job. There's enough going on that this could have this could take over a massive part of your time.
1: You know. So there's um, just, just getting in into all this. There's, 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 that, that? there's that much coming in now where you you and the other guys in this community that you know you work on these things and you you analyze this stuff where are you guys being flooded at this point with reports and videos and sightings and and things of that nature?
0: Uh, Flooded. I I would say um, if you're seeing one, every two to 10 years. uh, Yeah. Then we're flooded. Um, Hmm. It's not like there are hundreds coming in a month that we take on to look at. Um, They have already passed a sniff test before they get to us. But Just the volume of things we're talking about, the things, most of the stuff we're discussing and talking about, not all. As a matter of fact, there's, there's, you know, over half have not been seen because of their level of classification, whether it's reports or topics or videos um, have not been seen, but a lot of the ones have been seen, but they've made, they've made it through the analytical sniff test. And it's like, Hey, we we need to get smart people on this. It's the way certain people that have whistleblown have argued research should be done. Um, is that, Hey, we should have a holistic approach with smart people from a lot of different backgrounds, um, you, you know, crashing on these, on these topics. And that's, you know, fortunate that that's what we have going on there. So, you know, does that, does that, am I telling you, Hey, there's, there's this particular thing you've never seen. And this is that now I'm not going to violate any levels of classification here to say that I will say, hopefully it's reassuring to the audience that, Hey, while certain people in these programs have said, Hey, this is not how you do it. Well, there are people outside of those programs or maybe ancillarily in those programs that are part of other communities that are giving way together and analyzing these things together, um, you know, at least a little bit. They're not Bob Lazar working on metallurgy or propulsion systems, but they're analyzing the evidence that is coming in uh, with, with a, a finer tooth comb and a higher level of expertise than just the, the, uh, the amateur observer with a naked eye. And I'm not discounting that individual. Right. A lot of those reports, you and I have talked about it, There's a a lot of people over the years that are burdened with low end, high end, or extremely high end experiences that are absolutely real and they have no evidence and no way to make anyone believe them. My heart goes out to those people in a way that I can't even explain. Um, Because like me with my own experience, so jaw dropped, I didn't record it. I sat in awe watching it occur. (laughs) And um, you know, there's, it doesn't take away the reality of the situation. It just means I can't convince you if you don't believe me.
1: And that is the end of part one. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, what was in there so far. And there's so much left to come. It's just such a really great, fascinating conversation. He's an awesome guy to talk to because he really is a wealth of information. All the experience that he has in this field of studying these things. Um, it's just, it's it's invaluable to have someone like Anthony Williams on this show who's willing to talk about what's going on behind the scenes. And what they're seeing on the defense side of things. Uh, you know, to, to get that perspective I think is just really great. And we're going to go into more on part two. Because like I said we spoke for like an hour and a half. So I wanted to split this up. Um, so part two is really uh, interesting and intriguing as well. well. We'll get more into the Miami cover up. Is there a cover up? You know, what is he seeing on his end as a special operations analyst? you know with, within the military so what's happening there on his end when it comes to any type of cover up in Miami also the overall course for disclosure what how does he see the things going what you know reading the tea leaves on his end how does this look of course we all talk about catastrophic you know disclosure so to speak is the the popular term now and something really really interesting that came up was the amount of videos that he comes across of UAPs over active uh, battlegrounds, you know, abroad, and the amount of videos that we haven't seen in the general public. And so I asked him about those situations and why there are so many videos of these UAPs flying over, you know, conflict zones and and battlegrounds. Really, really interesting discussion, some stuff that I had never heard before, and that all takes place in part two, which will uh, be out next week. So keep your ears out for that. Keep an eye out for that one. Of course, I'll keep you updated on social media, on Twitter, at UAPodcast850 if you're not following. Of course, continue to follow along uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff, Amazon. Um, you know, I know it's it's in a lot of different spots. So wherever you get it, continue to do that. <laughs> Subscribe and download because I really truly appreciate. Um, I always say it, but I'll, it it never gets old. I I will always say it every single episode at the end of each and every episode. How much I truly appreciate your support for me and for this show and what I'm doing and trying to do with you know getting these messages across and telling the stories that I tell. Um, it's you know, it's it's life changing. So I can't say enough how much I appreciate you and taking me in like you have. It's uh, it's really incredible, and it's an honor to be a part of this community and a voice for this community. So hopefully, I can continue to do that. And like I said, part two. Keep an eye out for that coming up next week, and a lot more good stuff to come up as well. Keep an eye on, uh, like I said, Twitter at Podcast 850 It's going to be a big year. We've only just begun. But that'll do it for now on this edition of UAP Weekly. Steven Diener here signing off on the Unidentified Alien Podcast Weekly Edition. Thank you so much again for joining and for partaking in this episode. Look forward to all the great stuff to come. I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks.